Hello and welcome to Fantasy Talk Show, a place where heroes come to tell their stories. Our guest today is Margaret, a black lily from the world of Sphere. In this three-part interview, we talk at length about what the Black Lily organization is, what being a black lily means to her, and her complicated relationship with the crew of the Uhuru. So without further ado, Margaret, welcome to Fantasy Talk Show. I am so delighted to be here. Thank you very much for having me. Yeah, yeah, it's my pleasure. Tell us a little bit about yourself and the world that you come from, if you don't mind. Oh, um, well, my name is Margaret. I am a black lily. Uh, that will make more sense after I explain the place that I'm from. I am from a world called Sphere. It is a place that is currently laboring under the fallout of a great calamity that happened around 200 years ago. Stars fell from the sky, seas rose, and many of the nations that populated this place we live fell uh, because they depended too much on trade routes and, and so many things having to do with the water, which has since become extremely dangerous to traverse. In the last 60 years or so, uh, we've seen the rise of sky shipping, people managing to take boats that used to travel across the water and lift them into the air and travel across fear the way we used to, connecting old places that had lost touch with each other once again with one another. Uh, there are dangers that have accompanied that as well, but as a lily, I am someone who is uniquely positioned to appreciate people across the world discovering one another and making connections. Uh, for those who are unaware, a black lily has work that is committed to other people. Uh, I have taken an oath of uh, a very long time ago, taken an oath now, uh, to support human dignity and sovereignty wherever it might be. I believe that a truly healthy human being is not just healthy in body, but healthy in mind as well, in their connections and personal handling of emotions. Black lilies aid people in dealing with with their mental health and their interpersonal well-being. And we do this a number of ways. Some of the assistance is just done through counsel and talk. Some is done through physical treatment and uh, intimate connection. And some is done through magic. Wow, that's uh, quite extensive. And uh, I have a lot of questions about that. But first, I want to go back even further. What were what was your life like before you became a black lily? Well, that is quite recently become a bit of a complicated question. From the life that I remember, I wasn't always a lily. I didn't take the black until my 20th year. But I was raised around lilies, at least again from the life that I remember. As a very young child, I, I grew up around lilies that lived in a town that, that I won't disclose along a river. And my younger years were quite happy. I was around people that genuinely cared for people and genuinely cared for each other and were always quick to instruct and nurture and help me become the person that I am proud to say that I am. But I... I have come to some memories from a life that happened a long time before that, and I can only remember parts of it, and 
Some of those parts are so very sweet, but the rest are tainted with the pain of a death. My own death. So, do you know if you're a reincarnation, or is this something that's still a little bit left to be discovered? Well, I... Being a lily, and being a lily raised in the tradition that I was raised in, and instructed in the ways I was instructed, I am... I'm a lily of the river. Uh, one of the talents that we have, one of the paths that we choose to walk, is to help people not only lay to rest connections that they have with one another in the world of the living, but help people settle problems that they have through connections to people they have occupying the world of the dead. Hmm. I help people make peace with their lost loved ones, which helps them find peace in their day-to-day -day lives. So I know that the soul, as it were, exists, and that ghosts, uh, as many people understand them, are very much entities that one can make connections with and have meaningful exchanges with. They are not necessarily the people that we lost in life, but they carry enough of who those people were that real good can come from communing with them. Wow. I don't know exactly the details of my journey into the river and back from it. I've only just recently learned about it, and I will need to make a real effort to unravel this piece of my past. It is... It is very surprising. Wow, that's fascinating. I love that. You said that you were raised around the lilies, and you didn't become, uh, you didn't take the black title until your 20th year. Could you go into some details about how you became a lily and the steps that you took on your way to becoming a black lily? And then, uh, furthermore, uh, some of your specific responsibilities as a black lily uh, as opposed to the other uh, varieties oh yes uh, to clear things up uh, the black lily society as it were uh, there are only black lilies there there is no such thing as someone who is a lily who hasn't taken the black that's uh, that's a bit of a colloquialism uh, taking the black means being tattooed with ink uh, distilled from the petals of a black lily it is a very sacred rite, and one that signifies that somebody is committed to traveling down the path of a lily. It, in some ways, being a black lily is a profession, like any other profession. I take clients, I take payment, and I make my life through being a black lily. However, there is a very serious and a very sacred oath that accompanies it. Not everyone would be prepared for the commitment that it takes to actually adopt the life of a lily and take the black. It is not a permanent thing. It is a thing that can be undone, but certainly not easily and definitely not lightly. So anyone who is vying to become a lily must undergo a very serious education and commit themselves to other people and the well-being of other people in a very profound way. I, I would compare it to certain religious and, and cultural roles. It is 
deciding to become a servant of one's community and to believe in the sacredness of intimacy. That is not something that a child can decide to do, and it's something that not many adults can decide to do. But I had the good fortune of being raised by lilies. Lilies uh, typically will take in foundlings and try and help them find new homes, loving homes and caring homes. I was told by the folk who raised me in my order that I was a foundling. I am grappling now, knowing what I know, with the truth of those words and the lies that may have been buried in it, either for my benefit or for promises that they've made other beings. <sighs> Regardless, uh, foundlings can happen in many ways. Sometimes people will approach the lilies with a relationship that they cannot bear, with a child that they did not want and could not swear off that responsibility before the child came into this world. A lily is more than happy to relieve someone of a relationship that they cannot carry and help someone else find that relationship. Lilies, in addition to our many responsibilities, carry a bit of knowledge of reproductive health, and we try to help people where we can, but a lily can't be everywhere, uh, especially because of how serious uh, the nature of our oath is. There's only so much of the world we can serve because there are only so many people who can and will be sworn into the black. So, in these circumstances, there is a chance that the lilies will discover that the child cannot find a home. And in those circumstances, we raise that child the best we can within the order. It is a bit of a social taboo to have a foundling raised by lilies take the black. Some people can take the black younger than their 20s. I took the black in my 20s because I was not allowed to do so until I was a full adult capable of demonstrating that I was very seriously committed to this life. Being raised by someone in an order, it is easy to adopt, to adopt idealism, to adopt beliefs. And if you adopt the beliefs through osmosis, if you adopt the beliefs simply to please the people around you who have raised you and who you know love you and who would do your heart good to please, then there is a certain doubt on true consent over whether or not you were coerced into a lifestyle based on your own, based on your own willingness to please others. So when I was brought into the order or stated my intention to be brought into the order, I had taken an education and taken an education from lilies, learning certain important things and absorbing certain cultural rights. But the lilies of my order had to contact another in order for me to be fully educated in a lily's lifestyle before I was able to take the black and fully take on my responsibilities. Yeah, I think that's wow, shockingly responsible for an order that large. I I, I really appreciate that about them. 
Well, lilies are very specifically responsible in that way. It is part of our oath and commitment. One cannot commit themselves to the dignity and grace of a human life if you would ignore certain power structures that are at play in the formation of your own order, which is why I am very grateful that I got to be raised in the way that I was, and why I am absolutely certain that I made the right decision in making the commitment to take the black. Yeah, that's really beautiful. So you've talked a lot about the importance of the larger Black Lily organization and what it means as a whole, but what does being a Black Lily mean to you specifically? <laughs> a good question. I, I, And I don't want to lead people astray. The Black Lily Society, as it were, is not a connected organization, and my perspective only represents perspectives gained from being in contact with a few orders. Uh, Black Lilies change regionally. We used to exist long ago before the stars fell, and after the stars fell, our order was divided and split. We had the same commitments, the same ideals, but we were given 200 years to grow apart in how we pursued those ideals. It is not as though I am given orders from someone above me. I was given an education by mentors whom I loved and trusted, and once I was old enough to take the black and then wise enough to travel on my own, that was it. What it was to be a black lily was mine to decide, and how I passed on that knowledge uh, was also mine to decide. I kept true to the things within my order that I felt most important, and continued to build the identity for myself. As for what it means to me, I think the very core of it is helping people. I personally and specifically believe that there are people in this world who cannot live a healthy life without intervention and help from someone like myself. I believe that about the lilies very generally. I, I think there is almost no one in this world who couldn't benefit from some form of contact with a lily at some point in their lives. There are many lessons that are deeply essentially important to being human that we don't formalize or instruct no one tells you how to make friends no one tells you how to negotiate the very difficult and fragile intimacies between lovers but a lily can and i think again generally for society those lessons are very important those treatments are extremely helpful but there are people who need that help, and I make an effort to find them. There are many lilies, uh, even a student of mine, who are content to parlor in particular regions, to adopt a domicile in a particular place and serve people as they come. If you find a lily living in a metropolis, they are most likely a parloring lily, uh, and a few of them even choose to parlor together. A city of thousands can't be served by a single lily. Dozens can do what they can to help the people who need or want help the most. I, though, am a traveling lily. 
I allow the luminaries to set my course and move from place to place in sphere, looking for people who need help. People who won't be able to simply make do in their lives without guidance, uh, without without the specific touch of a person who is willing to reach out. Not everyone is so fortunate that they find friends, family, or lovers who are willing to offer that. And that is where I, as a lily, offer my services. They are still professional services. I still need to be able to live my life and be compensated for my labors. But at the end of my labors, I truly believe that all of my clients have the opportunity to live happier and healthier lives. So would you consider uh, yourself sort of therapy or a therapist, or are you different from a therapist? I'm very different from a therapist. Very different? Yes, I I would say so. Therapists exist on Sphere. Uh, There are many people that you can approach and spend coin with to speak your mind, but they have very reasonable limitations on what they are able to provide for people. And those limitations don't exist in the same way they do for someone like me. A therapist cannot form a truly intimate relationship with you. There are ethical boundaries that they need to maintain with their clients so that they know that they are not taking advantage, so that they are not becoming part of the manipulation the outside world so often enforces on people. Black lilies have a similar boundary. We seek never to manipulate. However, we are empowered to do things that a therapist can't. Forming a true intimate bond with someone, be it a friendship or even a romance, is something that is well within a lily's purview. Many people have the misapprehension that a lily is the same as another lover for money, which serves its own important role. If someone is a call girl or any general sex worker, they serve a particular role within society, Uh, especially for the skyjacks of Sphere, moving from port to port and trying to maintain a very delicate balance of personalities and relationships on a ship. It's difficult to find the intimate human connection that many people need simply to live. Mm. Sex workers at the ports and uh, the various brothels and bordellos that you might find from port to port serve an essential role for these people, and lilies can fulfill similar roles. Roles that you would almost never find a therapist fulfilling because of their own ethical practices. But... As a lily, I have been instructed and believe that intimate touch is a part of the vast tapestry of human connection, and sometimes people simply need touch in order to heal and grow and be themselves in the healthiest way they can. And is there a power set up to ensure that a lily doesn't break any ethical codes? That is part of our oath. Our oath is a very serious thing, and it is woven into our lily's mark. You can see here the tattoo on my neck. 
This tattoo was inked with ink derived from the petals of a black lily flower, one of the most sacred... I don't want to call it an object, because a black lily, the flower, is is a life unto itself, and it is a life that our order has an intimate connection with. It is a sacred thing, the, the, the ink that comes from that flower, and it becomes part of our sacred rite. If someone, as a lily, were to violate their oath in a serious way, the, the tattoo has a way of enforcing that oath, mm. uh, reclaiming power from the lily. When you swear your oath, it is when your intentions are at their fullest and most pure. Someone who is straying from the path or intentionally decides to step outside of a black lily's teachings will find their connection to their black waning or, or even severed. So... The oath is what enforces it, and the oath is a thing that we strive to make seriously, and we strive to make truly and deeply at the time we take the black. And then all time after it, we have our own oath to guide us in the many trials and tribulations we will face as people fulfilling a Lily's role. So there's a magical accountability, it sounds like. Yes. Though... I will point out that Alili's magic depends on honesty and intimacy and openness. Many things that people don't think of as magical are quite magical, and the Lily's Oath is a very complex creation wrought from what people would think of as traditional sorcery and what people would think of as simply making a promise that you mean very much. How, how to put it? it? It's not that there is some magical spell that is keeping me to the oath. The oath is a magical spell, and it is woven with and connected to my black, my tattoo. Uh, they are the same thing. Okay. You talked about, you know, promises and intimacy almost as if they're magical components what is the most expensive or intimate component that's ever been paid to you oh my <sighs> if it's not you know breaching too much of the uh, confidentiality or it's not too hard to go into i have lived a very long life uh, by by multiple accounts and standards, and I have been given the opportunity to meet and be connected to so many brilliant and wonderful people. And many of them have made serious and sincere gestures towards me and towards themselves. In each of those, there is a powerful magic to phrase it in a way I, I don't think there's any other way to phrase it really for someone who hasn't been raised and taught in the way that I have to understand. I couldn't compare one person's promise to another, one person's secret to another. To them, as people who I have been connected to and 
truly understood that connection and understood that person, people whose hearts I have truly known, I couldn't say that one is more important than another, for some people saying the simplest thing, sharing the simplest details of one's past or one's hopes, desires, and fears, all of those things can be profoundly intimate gestures of true trust. And to others, uh, some people can swear an undying promise uh, unthinkingly and instinctually, almost reflexively, and they can mean it and mean it with the same firmness. I, I can never say that I have been gifted one thing that is truly more valuable or more significant than another. Anything that a human being produces with their heart is beautiful in its own way. So this might uh, yield the same basic answer, but what about the most expensive or intimate component that you've ever paid? Hmm. Well, although I am deeply flattered to be asked in an interview about myself, I, I do believe there are some secrets that I'll be holding on to. Uh, <laughs> Suffice to say, uh, especially for my profession, you must understand that there is an expectation put upon someone in my occupation, as we put expectations upon people in many professions uh, across the various spectrum of human labor. I have paid personal prices on behalf of my clients in order to pursue my own ideals and beliefs. I was paid in kind for those prices I paid, but no one is ever entitled to any of the actions that I take. I keep these things private because I don't want anyone coming to me and judging the actions I take on their behalf in light of actions I've taken on someone else's behalf. Because of the world we live in, because we live in a world that is mostly dictated by wealthy people who tell you that you must earn your right to life through labor and coin, people reduce all things in their life to the same type of exchange. Uh, not everything is so mercantile, and intimate gestures cannot be viewed in that way. Um, so yes, perhaps a similar answer, but uh, suffice to say, I have done things on behalf of clients, on behalf of friends, uh, on behalf of so many people and so many connections, um, and I did consider some of those things to be quite sacred on my part, and it took long contemplation in order to arrive at the conclusion that it was right to do. Were there any of them that you regret? Or is that something you'd rather not speak about? Regret is a complicated emotion. Um, and <laughs> I, there are some who would mistakenly believe that a lily does not carry regrets or, or hardships or burdens simply because we have been instructed so well or, or know how to care for ourselves. I will admit that lilies are given certain tools and have access to certain methods that 
other people simply do not because they have not taken the black. And that does make dealing with certain things easier. But regret is not a thing that is constant. Uh, Every person's relationship with their own past is a constantly evolving thing. Uh, Some might understand that certain things that they are enduring are necessary and must happen in order for them to persist in the way that they desire. Years later, they can look upon those same actions and that same behavior with shame or regret because they feel that they have allowed themselves to be abused or that they have come to understand the pain that they caused to others with that behavior. And One can even still further in the future come to terms with the things that occurred in one's past and think of it as a sad thing that happens and exists as part of their life, but does not define them or the way they think about their present and future. It is all very complicated, and the people that we are will always look back at the people that we used to be and judge either fondly or not so fondly, on things that we have done. When I confront regret, I try to reframe it as what lessons I might take forward, or what traumas I may need to unpack in order to continue to persist in a conscientious and healthy present. That might not answer your question directly, but uh, I have regret in my past, certainly. Right now, uh, I am grappling very much with the decision to pursue a job that I am finding quite difficult when I had a job in front of me that was almost equally difficult, but in learning what I have learned would provide a joy that I don't have access to right now. I'm still unpacking it, and it is very complicated, and that is only one view on it. One of the things that I am am privileged to be able to do as a lily is lay down the burdens of my connections. There is an understanding of human intimacy uh, that lilies have, understanding that any relationship that you have with another person can be seen as a string, as a thing that binds you to them spiritually. A connection does not need to be very deep or profound to form one of these connections. Every person that you have met or interacted with in your life, you bear some form of this connection. And lilies are fortunate enough that we can see these connections, witness them, interact with them, and manipulate them. And one of those manipulations I can perform is temporarily removing a connection from myself so that I can contemplate and meditate on what that connection means before I once again adopt the emotional burdens that come with those connections. It allows me to think with more of a clear head and step outside myself uh, when I don't have a therapist or a fellow lily to help me travel through the tangled webs that I carry on my own fingers. Yeah, I think that actually answers not specifically the question, but the spirit of the question for sure. 
Thank you for listening to part one of my interview with Margaret. She's a character from the mind of James D'Amato using a modified version of the Genesis system by Fantasy Flight Games. James is the author of the Ultimate RPG Guide book series, as well as the creative mastermind behind the One Shot Podcast Network, which is host to a whole bevy of tabletop RPG-related content, including Campaign Skyjacks, the podcast that Margaret is from. Campaign Skyjacks follows the crew of the Uhuru, a skyship navigating a folktale world of adventure and danger inspired by the music of the Decemberists. If you like heartfelt collaborative storytelling that is full of playful banter, as well as a nautical folk soundtrack, you need this podcast in your life. You can check out everything the One Shot Podcast is up to by visiting oneshotpodcast.com or by following James on Twitter at twitter.com slash oneshotrpg. Links in the podcast description. Thank you to Josiah Piles for the cover art and to Kylan Small for the intro and outro music of the podcast. Please check out the links in the podcast description for more of their content. If you're enjoying the podcast, please subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. And if you'd like to connect with me or other like-minded adventurers, join the Fantasy Talk Show Discord, where I run a monthly game that I'd love to see you at. You can join by clicking the link in the description. Also, check out my Facebook page at facebook.com slash fantasy talk show or my Twitter page at twitter.com slash fantasy pod show. Talk to you soon.